G'day there and welcome to episode 102 of the Business of Making. This month we're talking about pricing, everybody's favorite. Last episode we talked about the maths behind pricing and today we're going to talk about the other part. So that was the science, this is the art. We're going to be talking a lot about perceived value and basically the second half of the pricing equation and it's a really, really important part of the equation that a lot of beginner makers just kind of don't even think about but it's an absolutely vital part of the process so we're going to go into the details about how to apply this to your own pricing in today's episode so let's get started do you want to make it as a maker this is the business of making podcast with your hosts Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer and Jess Van Den we know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. G'day all, welcome back to the Business of Making Podcast. I'm Jess and I'm here with my co-host Michaela. Hello. And Deborah. Bonjour. I should have said I'm Jessica. Yeah, Jessica. Oh, we're all, ah, names, isn't that nice? And today is kind of part two of our pricing journey that we're on this month. Last uh, last episode, we talked all about the cost aspect, so the maths the aspect of your pricing, and we got in the weeds of that. We talked about a lot of stuff. So if you haven't already listened to that episode, I strongly recommend you go listen to that first before you listen to today's episode because today's episode, like that episode was about the science of pricing and this one's about the math, uh, sorry, the art of pricing. So it kind of follows on from that episode. Mm-hmm. The two things definitely work together and you can't really do one without the other. So yeah. make sure to listen to that episode as well. But before we dive in, as we discussed at the end of last episode, we are made by makers. <laughs> so uh, we don't run any ads in this show. We are fully, fully supported by our listeners who are makers just like you. And uh, we like to give them shout outs so uh, if you would like to also support the show you can do so via going to patreon.com forward slash tbom for the business of making and uh, we will then be very happy because it means we can afford to pay for like our hosting of our podcast and paying for our editor to edit the podcast and <laughs> all of the expenses that there are in a podcast that you don't really think about until you run a podcast um so yeah that would be amazing so two of our uh, supporters that we're going to give a shout out today are Alessa K or Alessa Kubica, who runs uh, Kazooie, and she has a whole bunch of d- adorable downloadable uh, crochet patterns. Um, can anybody else say that type of crochet? Is it Ara- Aramagumi? I can never say it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's You're muted, Deb. <laughs> Well, I was saying, no, I can never pronounce it. Not even in my head. You know when you read a no, word and you're like, oh, I don't know how to pronounce that out loud. That's what I feel. I just have a feeling of cuteness when I read the word, though. Like, I know. It's Japanese, so it's yeah, cute. Yeah, you just know it looks good. It's kawaii. So, yeah, that sort of type of crochet where you make, like, little critters and stuff. So she's got, like, a reindeer and there's, like, a dinosaur and a cute little piglet and so a whole bunch of really super cute patterns crochet patterns so for stuffed toys that's her thing so uh you can find her at um kazooie so that's k-a-z-z-u-i on etsy or on her own website uh which is kazooie.com so thank you so much Alyssa, for supporting us 
Our other supporter for the week is Jackie Coat from um, Icolus. Hopefully I, spelled that, I said that right. Icolos. No, Icolos. I'm sorry. So it's E-C-I-L-O-S. Icolos. Eco-friendly um, bags and accessories. So she has a whole bunch of um, lovely things and they're all made from like vegan leather and stuff like that. So uh, if you are vegan or vegetarian, you can get some uh, leather looking things from her. And she makes cute little like cases for like your AirPods, but like a keychain case. Like this. I've yes, never seen this I before. It this is very unique. The, it makes me want to purchase the, what are they called? Air what? The ear, ear AirPods. AirPods. AirPods, yeah. So, I don't have yeah, them. They're like I'm the wireless. Yeah, oh. I want them just so I can buy a little cute pouch like that. I have <laughs> I have like the knockoff version for Androids, which is not AirPods, but something I bought like at Coles for like 50 bucks. They're great. I love them. Um, but anyway, there's like a cell phone wristlet. There's the AirPod keychains. And they like the way she's made the AirPod keychains, you can actually charge the AirPods while they're still in the keychain. That's you don't like so to need to take cool. them out. You can just plug your cord in and charge them. So it's a really cool idea. She's got um, those. She's got some masks available as well. Some little, sl- okay, these slim bifold wallets. Nick, my husband, has one of these and he like it's the only wallet he will carry. It's like the smallest wallet you could possibly have with like two pouches in it. John would love that. Yeah. So it's really, really good. They're really, really good um, for guys or girls who just don't like having big bulky wallets. So there's some of those as well. So a whole bunch of cool stuff i just noticed on her shop front here on etsy um she actually has the pronunciation of it so there you go it's actually there in the description so thank you jackie that makes life a lot easier i should have seen that before i started but um you can check it out by going to her shop isilos so it's e-c-i-l-o-s Again, on Etsy, you can find her uh, if you're interested in checking that out and supporting our supporters. So thank you both, Alyssa and I Jackie. I'm totally buying those, us. <laughs> those bloody AirPod things. That's so cool. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. I love coming across one of those products and I'm like, one, I've never seen that before. Two, I never would have thought of that. Three, if people see that, they're going to buy it. Like, yeah, it's such a good idea. Yeah. So good job. Okay, so let's get on with today's episode, which is uh, all about perceived value. And I'm going to let one of you introduce that while I open my cider. Oh, Oh, God, where do we start? Um, Okay, do we start by defining what perceived value is or value-based pricing? Uh, Yes, let's do a 10-second recap of why we're even talking about this based off our last episode, as in most people start with a formula of some sort to price their goods. Mm -hmm. If you go back to our last episode, we will go through all the things that should be included in that formula, which usually aren't. So make sure that you (laughs) include all of those things. And one of those things is, as you were saying, Deb, the can you go through what you were saying? It's the cost plus Yes, I was saying... um, the only true, like forever, you know, universal truth of pricing, the only formula that's real is cost plus markup equal price. And last episode, we covered the cost part. So making sure that you're covering your cost. And now we're going to discuss markup. And usually in those formulas, it will be the times two. That seems to be like 99% of formulas on Pinterest. <laughs> um, <laughs> or times 1.5 or a variation of that, but no one really questions that number and stop to go, what is that? What does that mean? Why am I multiplying by two? And this is simply your profit markup, profit margin, profit multiplier, call it whatever you want. It's essentially the money on top of your cost that you make as a profit. 
for your business. And so what we're talking about today is perceived value because it should not be always times two. It's never times two for every business, every product in the world. That's way too simplified. And you're smart, so you can understand (laughs) something a bit more complex, which is perceived value. And essentially your markup and the decision of how much profit you put on top of your costing calculation should be anchored in value-based and perceived value. Um, so that's what we want to talk about this today. Can we start by just talking about the whole wholesale retail thing? Because we didn't really cover that in the last episode, and I think it's mm-hmm. going to come into our markup um, decision-making. Mm-hmm. So what's wholesale? Wholesale is where you're selling your goods to a retail outlet. And so they some, sell it at and retail. And they sell it on at retail price. Yeah. And what is retail price? So retail price is the price that a customer will buy your product for, like the end customer, the person who is buying the product to keep for themselves or to gift on, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the purchaser. The, yeah. Yeah, it get, the language gets confusing because obviously if you're um, – Marketing to wholesale customers, they are your customers, but they're not the customer. Of they're not the food. final customer. Yeah, they're mm. not the final customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that has people, to come into it. Yeah, most people skip the wholesale part because they yeah. feel like, they're like, oh, well, if I skip the wholesale part because I don't need to sell wholesale, then I don't need to have such high retail prices. And, and it's like, well, Which yeah, undercuts but, the whole industry. Yeah, bad idea. Let's bad not do idea. That. You should be able to, essentially someone should be able to come to you and be like, I want a hundred of those super cute earrings. A, you will have a bit of a panic because that's a lot of earrings to make. <laughs> but also you'll make the math and go, mm, exciting revenue. Uh, but this person will usually ask for like a wholesale or a better price than what you have now. And if you don't have room for that, that's a first red flag that your profit markup is like too tiny. Um, cause you should have room for that. Or, you know, when you ask, I asked recently on social, like, do you think that your pricing is like that you're charging enough or something like that? And someone replied, yes, but I really can't afford to discount or do any sale or any promo or, you know, another, well, let's, you know, you should be able to, even if you decide to never discount your products, you know, that's another conversation, but you should have that margin in, like it should be there. Yeah. This is what annoys me. I wouldn't say annoy, it frustrates me and makes me angry on the behalf of the people uh, who don't understand this. When you see people complaining about, oh, Etsy's charging me this like 10% fee or this 5% fee and I'm like, I can't sell there anymore, it's too expensive. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, your problem is that you're not doing <laughs> your pricing right. Etsy's mm-hmm. not too expensive. Etsy's like one of the cheapest options out there. Um, look, it's it's not like super cheap i think it comes to something approximating 15 percent of your revenue your gross revenue you're going to pay to them in fees depending on various factors somewhere between 10 and 15 percent but that's actually fine (laughs) i think people get really scared of any costs when they're not making enough money yes and the reason they're not making enough money is because they don't have their pricing right because they're not taking into account all those costs but i think it's definitely fear-based like any any complaining around that sort of thing, I think usually comes from people who are not yet making a ton of money. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I can't, if these costs keep going up, I can't afford to keep going. It's like, well, hopefully we can change the mindset around that mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because you need to change your prices. That's, that's yeah. what it comes down to. Um, that's actually, we did touch on fees in the last episode, but we didn't kind of get into the, the details of fees, but that needs to go into your cost price. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not in your markup. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> it's a fixed cost uh, in your in your business. Mm. So, okay, so let's 
put that aside and move on and let's talk a bit more about this wholesale retail thing. So that goes into this idea that, okay, well, I'm selling direct to the customer. If I'm selling online, I'm selling direct to the customer. So you should be charging the retail price. And that is the price that anyone else would sell your goods for, the recommended retail price if you if they were selling on selling your goods for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that I, sentence I, ended really abruptly. Yes. <laughs> Hey there, Maker. Are you loving the Business of Making podcast? We're loving bringing it to you, but we really need your support to continue producing the show. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. And depending on your level of support, you can get perks like behind the scenes and extra special content, including video, a link to your shop on our website, and even a shout out on the podcast itself. Every month, we also release a secret podcast episode available only to our platinum patrons. Just head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash support. So the old formula that we we keep sort of going, it's not great, but it's something is, yeah, you, you do your cost price times two to give you your wholesale price mm-hmm. and then you double that again. Yeah. To give you a risk. And the reason you, now that actually makes sense. The second doubling is for a good reason. And that's because generally speaking, if somebody buys from you at wholesale price, they will double that to sell it on. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. that number actually makes sense. It has a reason. Yeah. But the original times two doesn't have any reason. Yeah. That's what Deb was talking about. Like yeah. that, yeah. just adding a, a multiplier to add some sort of profit. Yeah. And I think to introduce like what value based is because it's a little bit you know it touch on branding positioning psychology 100% on understanding your ideal customer really 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 well so that you understand what they value and what they don't and that's why you can't sell to everybody because you have to understand this one person mindset around your products and what they think is valuable in your product but I think the example that we shared Last episode that I was mentioning was, you know, if you sell a candle for $24 because of the magic times two formula that everyone's using, that makes no sense. But your customers were actually willing, they would have bought it at 35 and then was 24 the right price? Was times two the right formula in that case? And definitely not because you're, you know, you're essentially saying no to $11 profit in that case. And so what's the difference? You know, like how do you know? what that this candle could be worth 35 and the answer is you don't <laughs> you have to mm. test it and work it yeah. out and i know this is why this is the answer that no one wants and every time i say that people are like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> damn it there's no magic formula but there's not no. and if you do times two you're potentially losing out on a lot because you're not using c value to go to essentially the your, the right price, I feel like this is like the TV game. The, the price is right. <laughs> that is such a fun game. I used to love watching this when I was coming. I don't know. I was so young. It's such a like full on like consumerism kind of show or whatever, but I was so into it. I was like, mm, yeah, that butter spread, I reckon, is like three euros. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, if anyone remembers that game, I was really yes. into it. I don't think it exists anymore. I think it's so as been no, now. I haven't seen it for a long time. Anyway, but. Well, I went on a tangent so that I don't remember what I was saying. Can I give an example? Yes. So, please. (laughs) (laughs) Probably when I started. Okay, so I make these simple like um, threader earrings, sterling silver threader sort of earrings, and um, I call them my urban eco collection. I've been making them for 12 years or something like that, right? They were like the first thing I made out of silver and started to sell. Obviously, I have a lot more designs now, but that basic thing. So most of them are the same price. 
Uh, they're made from the same material, but there's a bit more intricacy in the design. When I first started selling those, I was selling a pair of those for, I believe off the top of my head, something like $22. Bing, bing, okay. I want some. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy 20, please. <laughs> yeah. They now sell for 56-ish Australian dollars on Etsy. Okay. Nothing has changed about that product. The, the, the materials cost has not changed. The labor cost has gone down because it takes me less time to make them than it did originally because I've made them so many times. What has changed is the perceived value, the markup on that product because my brand has evolved and gotten more established. I slowly but surely put the price up and put the price up. Do they still sell? Keep putting the price up. <laughs> and it's a slow, steady process. And you keep experimenting with that. Um, can I just say they're cheaper on my own website? <laughs> <laughs> because I charge more on Etsy because the fees are higher. Yeah. So that's another whole thing. Should you charge the same amount of money in different places for your products? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and also I also list in US dollars. So the Australian price does fluctuate. Apologies because <laughs> that's what happens with exchange rates. So anyway, long story short, that product is now about three times what it costs originally to buy. Uh, people still buy them, <laughs> you know, and um, so it really does come down to who your customer is, who you're selling to. Like I'm very skilled at making those. I've been making them for a long time, but I'm not going to undercharge. I was undercharging so much, so much originally for those earrings. That was a ridiculous price. Especially for the quality, like as in like when when I talk about perceived value, I think it's the I mean it, we're talking about the same thing here, but the, mm. the the value to the customer. If it's like a really cheap costume pair of earrings, the value to them is they're probably going to wear it once and throw it away, right? Mm-hmm. Or like to a party, or whatever. But the value of your very high quality silver earrings is again not just that the materials are higher quality, but they're going to keep them for a very long time and wear them a lot. Yeah. So it's like the longevity of the product increases the value because instead of getting the $10 pair of throwaway earrings, if they wear it 50 times, that's 50 times 10, you know, so that perceived value is quite a bit higher. Yeah, because I totally butted in. No, no, I totally agree because I position myself as the maker of, you know, timeless, minimalist designs, comfortable jewellery you can wear that pretty much goes with anything. You know, you can wear these every single day and, Mm -hmm. and they can, you know, if that's sort of your aesthetic, They'll probably go with pretty much everything you wear. You barely can feel them. They look nice. They're unique. You know, there's so many plus points that my ideal mm. customer will go, yes, yes, yes. And so to them, that's nothing. Like mm. for a pair of earrings I'm going to wear like every day or multiple times a week for, you know, the next 20 years, it's mm. $50. Actually, I think that's yep. a bit cheap to be honest, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I do. So I, again, I really do. You know, As an I Australian customer, I mean, I don't wear earrings anymore because I've got this weird bloody allergies thing. I'm one of these people that can't mm-hmm. wear earrings. But that's pretty cheap. That's on the cheaper side of things for me. I could definitely, I could probably double that. Yeah, we can just and then I until and then I could kind of stabilize, you know. Yeah, because you position yourself in the market. Like mm. I've seen plenty of other makers of like brass, silver, jewelry. So it's not gold. Gold is separate. You know, it has a higher price. You know, a cost price. So it's always going to be a lot more expensive. Who are artisans and the way that they market, that the photos they take, the position they put themselves in the market, their stuff is way more expensive than even what I sell. Mm. Mm. And 
they do well because that's how they've positioned themselves in the market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a few things here that we need to touch on to really dive into like, okay, perceive value, what it is, how you communicate it. There's one, what it is, and we need to clarify that. I feel like you said a few, both of you said ideal customer a few times, and I think we really need to like emphasize how important that is. And then how to communicate it is maybe the next part of the conversation, which is like once you've established what a perceived value is, you need to actually communicate that to your customer or mm-hmm. there's no perceived it like perceived value can't be perceived if you don't communicate. <laughs> That's yes, as simple absolutely. as that. Um so ideal customer, super important because so the example I use usually is you're not gonna sell a really beautiful leather craftsman kind of you know, imagine a wallet with the best leather, the best, like something that's going to like last two generations. You can give it to your son or whatever. You're not going to sell that to a vegan. At no, no matter even if it's one dollar, mm. because the perceived value is zero. Even if the cost are, you know, obviously more than that and there's labor and there's craftsmanship yeah, into the it. The value to them is less than zero. It's yeah. negative. Yeah, so yeah, the, the perceived value. value is like, it's the difference between the perceived benefit of having that product and minus the perceived cost and there's when there's zero benefit to that product as in i'm vegan i don't want a a leather wallet that's not true i'm vegan and i have a leather wallet because i'm a fake vegan i eat cheese Uh, (laughs) i'm vegetarian okay Um, i wish i was vegan but i can't i love cheese it's too good what can i do what can i do um, anyway, so, you know, there's no benefit for a vegan in a, a leather wallet. It's just not a mm-hmm. thing. So you're not going to, you're never going to be able to trend, like, to communicate. But that doesn't value. mean it's not worth exactly. money. And I think that's where people yeah. get that really, they're like, oh, these people are going to, like, give me hate for the, this price that I'm trying to put on this thing. It's like, well, they don't fucking worry about yeah. them. Like, <laughs> on the not- other end, you've got your ideal customer. And that's why I, I wanted to really emphasize this mm-hmm. concept. I think we did an episode just on that ideal customer. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to it. It's super important because this person that is your ideal customer loves leather. They love the smell of it. They can smell it even when they look at a picture. They can feel how the leather. leather is going to age. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking forward to like having those little like, you know, pra- not cracks, but like those little like, you know, nail kind of mm-hmm. scratches and stuff. Like I love leather because of all of that. And so to me, it has value. It has a character. And it has character and the smell of it. Like it's mm-hmm. amazing. You know, some people will value that and be willing to pay 150 bucks for that wallet. You know what I mean? So that's why perceived value has got nothing to do with times two. It's got everything to do with <laughs> just showing us, oh, your wallet's really nice. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a, like, I have a men's wallet. That's what I use. So it's yeah. a proper leather wallet. I wish I could show you mine, but mm, I don't have it here. <laughs> but it's like a softy kind of leather. Like, yours look a bit more kind of like hard, rigid. That's pretty soft. Oh, I'm trying to, like, get it on the camera. Yeah. Meanwhile, those people of you are listening, like, yeah. you're like, what? People this is useless to me. Like, useless. I, can't I think you guys are showing off something that no one can see. I know, right? I'm, um, just, I'm, I'm just, just showing it to Deb. <laughs> not even. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, you us. can tell already that there's, like, Jess would be more on the side of there's definitely perceived value to be yeah. communicated to me for this level. Yes, well. please. But, yes. so, so I think it's just it's really important that you understand what your ideal customer uh values. And same thing for, you know, if you like do anything that's got to do with like organic fabric and material that have been treated with really eco-friendly products and all of that, someone that values that kind of 
uh, lifestyle and choices that you make for the planet and all of that will be willing to pay more than someone who doesn't give a crap about it. And there's some, and it's fine. Like everyone on its own, right? Like, you know, you get to give a crap about that or not. I think you should give a crap about it personally. Um, <laughs> you should also but, buy that toilet paper. Anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who gives a crap? There's a shout out. Yes. That's not enough. It's great toilet paper. <laughs> Deliver to your door. Anyway, we went on a And it builds toilets in third world countries. Yeah. Anyway. Um, while we're doing asides, I want to butt in and say we don't have, uh, according to our episode tracker, we do not have a specific episode around ideal customers. So I what? feel like that should definitely be coming up. I've searched customer in our all our episode titles and two have come up and they're not about ideal customers. Not ideal like target customer? Do we have that? Audience that we have. If we don't, we will do one thing. We should definitely do that. Thank you for looking, Nick. Are you considering transitioning to full-time with your handmade business? If so, you'll be happy to know that I'm interrupting a conversation to talk to you about a guide that's going to help you do exactly that. We know it can be scary to jump into your handmade shop being your sole source of income. And so we made it a little bit easier for you by listing out everything we think that you should consider both on the personal and business financial levels so that you feel confident you can transition to full-time safely and that you're not forgetting anything. You can get the guide at thebusinessofmaking.com slash getfreebies and that's all in one word, getfreebies. And you'll also find the link in our website at thebusinessofmaking.com. Back to the show. Now let's get back on track. Okay. Um, but yeah, so perceived value has everything to do with your ideal customer and that's why if you're if you're not clear on that and you're like it's for every mother it's not going to help you even not definitely not in your branding not in your marketing and not in your pricing because you won't know how to price for the right mother because some a mother that wants everything to be eco-friendly in her house doesn't have the same value point to someone who doesn't have those same kind of belief for the, you know, environment and mm-hmm. all. So very, very, very important to get clear on your ideal customer because then you can actually. And it feeds into everything. And yeah. we were just talking about how you can communicate that perceived value. Knowing your ideal customer feeds into how you actually talk to those people and how you communicate them to them and the language that you use. And if you don't know who they are, then you can't use the correct language that will then tap into those values that they have that will make them, it's like the, what's it called? The, the trigger purchasing trigger of something something like mm-hmm. makes them want to actually buy it yeah. so yeah you need to be able to communicate that perceived value there's, uh, there's a kitty in the background i, I know, know i was gonna say yes, there's a kitten behind you and he's very cute I just and he's the all entertaining your, household all your animals are black you've got the black yeah. dog and the two black kitties yeah. new new two kitties goth pets cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're also wearing a black shirt, so that's yeah, hilarious. That's my oh scratchy scratch. That's my work uniform. Is my oh, hey kitty. Do you know which one that is? This is the purring one, so it's Gable. <laughs> the one that doesn't purr and squeaks when you pick him up is Donut. <laughs> so cute. Here, here. Mm, there he is. Oh, wow, that's so cute. <laughs> Can I just say we've uh, we have taught trained our cats to walk in harnesses on a leash? Uh yeah, to save the well, wildlife. I think we're going to have to do that because these are inside cats for sure. Yeah, and we today we bought some of those. You know those leashes that like are uh, like ex- expandable leashes. Yes, mm-hmm. because sometimes you'll be standing there with them and they'll just bolt like for no apparent reason. And the the, the current leashes we have are like a meter and a half long. Just sort. And we're like, okay, we need to sort this out because this is not good. 
<laughs> so we bought those expendable ones. So just imagine I've got two cats. We're taking for a walk. You know, that the little. So funny. I'll have to film it. That's so funny. We'll go back to pricing people, but on the topic of cats. See, people who don't care about cats won't buy things that, you know. People who don't care about cats think we're crazy right now. We've yeah. already lost them. They've stopped listening yeah. to They're not our customers. This will be in the blue face for sure. Like, we've got to cut this out. This is not going anywhere. Oh, come on. Sorry. <laughs> I need. Mean, Moving swiftly on. No, leave it in, leave it in. Okay. So we're talking, but we're thinking, we're talking about things that people care about. And that's, that's the thing. You know, people are not going to care about stuff that isn't relevant to them. They'll just, yeah, the, this straight is like on. Saying the price is right. And then I went into this little like joke about the, the TV show or whatever, but this is what I was trying to say. And it just came back to me. It's like the right price is not cost times two or whatever formula you have. The right price is how much your ideal customer is willing to pay. Mm. And like you want to hit the, the higher the, the max limit of that you don't you know um so that's it that's it's like super simple yet very complex to figure out because you have to slowly walk your way to like jess was saying you can slowly increase to get there mm. but please don't do times two and assume that that's the right amount of perceived value <laughs> you yeah. know like that's just not how it works and please don't base your perceived value off what other people are selling for on Etsy. Yes. Or like what you've like canvassed people, like your oh, family. Oh, don't do that. How much would you pay for this? How much would you pay for this Facebook group full of random people that are not my target audience? Don't. Don't. No. No, no, no. That's not a good market research strategy. Because they're all going to say $10 and you'll be like, oh, people are going to pay 10 And it's very disheartening where it's not mm-hmm. even the truth. It's not the truth. Yeah. yeah. And you've got to remember, like if I go on Etsy and look for selling silver ring, or selling several wedding ring. There will be about 10 bazillion of them selling for $20. Mm. There will be another 10 bazillion selling for like $500. And then there's all the people in the middle, one of which is me. Like you cannot work out your prices based on that. Like remember when you're selling online, you're selling to an international marketplace or you're Mm. part of, even if you're only selling domestically, the people in your country can buy from overseas as well. Mm. So they can buy from someone anywhere in the world. What is the thing that's going to make them buy from from you rather Mm. than that person in Thailand selling it for $20? What is the difference? Um, And you've got to also remember, don't get shirty at the person in Thailand selling it for $20 because to them, that's a lot of money. Mm. You know, they have a different, um, they have different costs of living. It's a different place. You know, they are going to have different prices for their items. And there's enough customers for both kinds. So yes. Yeah, just it's it's energy wasted. It really is. Imagine if like Lamborghini worried about what people were buying Fords for. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, just, it's ridiculous. Markets, it's completely yeah. different. Like I'm never gonna buy a bloody Lamborghini. I saw one the other day. It was very pretty. Yeah, but I'm not interested. <laughs> Some people are meant to find your products too expensive. Yeah, yes. they will. And it's normal. It's yeah. And some Same people will like, find them too cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine too. And that will turn some people away. There's some people that are going to go, mm, really cheap. I'm going to go with the most because there is this weird psychological effect as well to like a high mm-hmm. price equal value in our head. We do it all the time. I mean, if you know nothing about wine and you go to like a bottle shop to get a bottle of wine, most likely you're kind of going, okay, this is a mid-range wine based on the mid-range price. You have no idea. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not going to buy the $5 bottle. That seems like it would nah. be crap. And I'm not going to buy the $30 bottle. That seems a bit expensive. Yeah, unless you're going to like a really fancy thing or you want to oh, like yeah. get, get a nice present. You're like, I, I bought mm-hmm. them a $30 bottle of wine. Surely yes. it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all psychology. Yeah. Like, this is from South Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
from New Zealand. From the Adelaide Eels. What was I going to say? Yes, I wanted to quickly touch on points that you can use to communicate value. Because we said, uh, well, like the thing that I always say is perceived value can't be perceived if you don't communicate. That's like my go-to try kind Mm -hmm. of like sentence to explain it. So how do we communicate it? And I think we've touched about it. So we can just kind of sum it up quickly. But there are a few things. A, your ideal customer and branding. And by that, I don't mean logo and color, but like all of your copy, how you communicate your messaging, all of that. Um, that includes product description, captions, emails, everything. Photography, very, 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 very important. You're going to have to need, you're going to have to need, no, you're going to need, um, some lifestyle shots, beautiful photos. It mm. needs to look, it needs to look the, what, what's the sentence that I'm trying to make? It look? needs to look the value that you're putting look on the it. Part? Yeah, yeah, it looks the part. part. Look yeah, the part. that's what I want. Like think about when you walk around a mall or a shopping precinct. Um, personally, when I see a shop that has very little stock in it and it's very like clean and white, I don't go in there because I know it's going to be expensive. Yes, that's so true. Right? That is how they, that's how they communicate their value. It's like, we have less products. It's more sparse. Curated. It's more cute. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. It's I thought you were curated. going to go along the, like, if the, uh, I was having a totally different vision in my mind then of what you were saying. Like, if there's hardly any products as in it's, like they haven't restocked and it looks no. kind of empty. No, well, I, mean, I wouldn't does, go in there but... either, though. Right? <laughs> it's like <laughs> no, I wouldn't go happening? in there. Like, what are cheap. they going out of business? Like, what's yeah. happening? But you, you can sense it when you walk by. How like those like cheap shops, like Cotton On, Valley Girl, just to give you Australian examples of like te- the clothes teenagers buy. Mm. They're so packed full of stuff. Like you can barely move in one of those shops because they're all about volume. Yeah. They want to sell as much volume of crappy cheap clothing as possible. Um, I'm just casting aspersions here uh, on certain brands. I don't mind cotton on occasionally. Anyway, um, but you know, you walk past like I don't know what's a what's a fancy one, people. <laughs> I don't even know because I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, David Jones. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind walking on there occasionally. Uh, yeah, cute. No, that's maybe. still like mid level. I don't think anything the more is like mid level. Anyway, you know, you see, in your head right now. I don't know. Oh, that's right. None (laughs) of us do. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Like it, it immediately tells you we are exclusive. We are expensive. Mm -hmm. We are special. Yeah. Like you don't come and shop in here if you're a pleb. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And for those not in Australia, what is a pleb? I don't know if even De- Deb, do you know what I I don't know. Is? No, that sounds bad though. It's short for plebeian. It's like, you know, the, the every person, the everyday normal the person. Oh, that's so condescending. I know. Oh, yeah. It comes from like, like, you know, the bourgeois and the plebeian and like English culture. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, so, and it's like, like in the, in Brisbane city, like you walk past certain shops like Tiffany's and certain other, there's like this section in the city that's like all the fancy shops and they all have like security guards in suits. Yeah standing at the door and you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to bother walking in there because uh, your prices are, cu- are paying for these security guards to guard your stuff. Yeah. You know, like that's what it comes down to. You just need to do that online. Like wh- yeah. whoever mm-hmm. those people are, you need to communicate that value to people online via your mm. photography and your branding and your language that you use. Like if you're using really casual, friendly, um, like, you know, I guess slang sort of language, you're mm. not. You know, it's a different vibe to what you're communicating if you're using, you know, fancier, smoother language. Yeah, yeah and I think that depends too on not necessarily a price point, but um, obviously the customer. Market, uh, market because you yeah. could still use quite casual and friendly language 
I feel like in the artist realm and still have something mm-hmm. really expensive. And There's heaps of brand yeah. that charges what about like, like quite high prices and yeah. they have a very casual, slangy, yeah. sassy kind of – it just depends on who you're selling to. If that's your yeah. ideal mm-hmm. customer, they're going to resonate with yeah. that and, and that's valuable to them because they mm-hmm. identify themselves as, yeah, I own the – thing from that brand because I am that person mm. I go that brand exactly yeah mm-hmm. don't forget how much and you know we could do a whole episode on <laughs> whether this is a good idea or not but how much people position themselves in the world especially these days in relation to how people perceive them you know so and we all fall into this trap you know we all buy things because it's who we are like it reflects yeah, yeah. who we are in some way or another even those of us who like to think we're like you know I don't get sucked into that you just do it in a different way <laughs> Totally. It's funny. I had a discussion like that with uh, Nick the other day because he, he was just all about like how he doesn't have like a personal kind of style or look or a, a personal brand. We were talking about personal branding and I was like, of course Isn't you he do. just like a surfer dude? I was like, of course you do. Everyone does. Yeah, he is, but like he won't, um, you know, like he, I don't know, it's, I'm not going to dive into like his yeah, style and his look, but you know what I mean? Like he was <laughs> kind of like trying to pretend like my look is to not have a look and I was like, that's your look. That's yeah. exactly it. <laughs> That's your brand. It's like, mm. I don't have a brand is your brand. So that you're not going to have a pink car because that's way out of brand for you, isn't it? Like, mm. if you don't care so much, why wouldn't you have a pink car? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's just not me. And I'm like, exactly. So there is a you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all exactly. do. Every product has a I brand positioning. That. Every human being has. And you as a designer and a, and a maker have one too, and you just need to communicate it effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop trying to be everything to everyone. Mm. Find those people, find the right people, be the right thing for those people. And, you know, you, you, this is why it's all about experimentation. Okay. People, you can't necessarily get it right the first time. Like you might have your prices right. You might have your, your copy right, but your photos are way off. Or you might have perfect photos, but your prices are really jarring against the photo. Like you might have really high quality looking photos, but you're selling stuff for $20 and people are just going to go, what? <laughs> like that doesn't make also any the, sense. Um, like the, you can have really high quality photos that are still sending the wrong message because again, you have to be communicating it in a way that is suitable for your audience. So like your actual styling of your product photos need to oh, yeah. suit your ideal customers. So it, all that messaging ties in visually and written and verbal and all of that stuff needs to be consistent, not just high quality, but consistent. Oh, yeah. And consistent. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It needs, it needs to work, all work together. It needs mm. to, it needs to be conscious. <laughs> like, yeah. if you're, like, we can tell when we land on like a shop or an Etsy shop or whatever, we can tell who is a beginner and who is a professional. It's obvious. Yeah. Usually. Okay. Unless you have helped, had someone help you or you've done it before, beginners, it just, there's a look. <laughs> It's basically a mess, you know, like the photos are all different. The lighting's all different. The branding is really, um, obviously homemade. Um, and I'm not, I'm not dissing you. I was exactly the same. And it took yes, a, totally a couple fun. of years to build and learn and grow and get thinking my, about my photos. When I was, oh my God. My photos. Were and I was like really into photography too. Oh. And like that was still so bad. I can't believe people bought that stuff on it. My photos were terrible. Like everything mm. was terrible. My branding was terrible. My fo- and I think because we rush a bit. Like, yeah. you know, you're yeah, just like, oh, I need to get excited. photos. And it's like nighttime and you put the lights on. I was yeah. like, oh my God. Use a flash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, don't do that. Um, so that's okay. You're just, you're learning and you're experimenting and growing, but there will come a point where everything clicks and you, you everything will work together and that's when you can really start seeing growth and that's probably when it will start happening. Mm. 
Yeah. One last little tip I'll leave you with because you're going to feel triggered by this price is too high. No one is going to buy it is like go and pretend that you have the income that your ideal customer has and go pretend to shop online. Like you don't need to buy anything, obviously, but remember that there are people who buy beds that cost like $6,000 with bed sheets that are like $500 set and pillowcases Mm -hmm. that are a hundred boxes. You know, and if this is the type of people that are going to buy your products, you sometimes just need to remember that the people you're selling to have more income that you may have yourself right now. And mm-hmm. so, like, when you compare that to what you're selling, go, okay, well, you know what? Actually, my price is completely reasonable because that's the people that want my product. And to them, it's affordable. Because mm-hmm. often we forget that. And I feel like we were like, I can't afford my own products. <laughs> it's like, well, you're not meant to. Good thing. No. No, absolutely. That's a really good point. Don't, uh, we always confuse ourselves with our ideal customer. You're not necessarily your ideal customer. I mean, you might be your ideal customer, but you might not be. Yeah. And if you're not, that's fine. Mm -hmm. So remember that. Okay. Is there anything else we want to cover, ladies, or are we good for today? Okay, cool. Yep. So as I said, listen to our last episode, listen to this one. Have confidence in your work. Have confidence in the value of what you do. In our next episode, which is our patrons exclusive episode, which if you are one of our, I've forgotten what the tiers are now. I think platinum or diamond. There's like two tiers now that get, we changed them. <laughs> two tiers that get uh, our exclusive uh, patrons only episode. We're going to be talking about a few of the bugbear issues around this. Like, okay, so what if my products take a long time to make? What if I make one of a kind type of items? Like, how do I work out my pricing with those sorts of things? So we're going to talk about that issue. Uh, in our patrons only episode, which if you are a patron, you'll be able to listen to very shortly over at patreon.com forward slash TBOM. And if you're not, you can join us and listen to that and all our previous patrons only episodes over yonder. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope you found it valuable. It's what we strive to bring you every single fortnight is something of value and something somewhat entertaining, hopefully also. <laughs> well, if that cat thing is still in there, that was entertaining. <laughs> It can't go anywhere now. It has to stay. (laughs) Okay. Thank you all so much. We'll see you again. Oh, no, you won't. You'll listen to us again. (laughs) Not too distant future. We hope. They're never going back. We hope. (laughs) They're coming back. Um, If you want to let us know that you enjoyed this episode, there's a couple of ways you can do that. And we'd really love to hear from you because, like, it's really weird running a podcast and talking into the void and then never knowing if anyone's listening or enjoying the episode. Uh, Yeah. I've actually just started doing a lot more YouTube this year. It's really nice to get comments. <laughs> yeah, see, I, yeah, you just started doing YouTube again. You'll get all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's also some that are not There's so nice. But most of them that. are nice. They so multiply, far. though. They really yeah. do. I don't have enough subscribers yet to have all the trolls. So you can let us know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to. Apple Podcasts is a great one. Thank you very much. (laughs) Or over on our Facebook page. So just search for The Business and Making on Facebook and leave us a review there or join our group. We have a group on Facebook for free that you can join and chat about the show. Just go to Facebook and again, search for us and find our group, The Business and Making, and let us know what you think of this episode. Let us know if you struggled with this issue. (laughs) Spoiler, you probably have. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're still struggling with this issue, uh, which I think we probably all are in some way or another. So thank you for listening and we'll be back again soon. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.